Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American international style and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. Broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. And uh, today we are very excited to have with us on the show Jess Perry, who is the first winner of the uh, of the first annual Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award Scholarship. Um, Jess is currently with Beehive Cheese Company in Utah. She is a graduate of Utah State University. She has a master's in food science and a thesis focus on cheese chemistry. Um, and we are very excited to have Jess with us on the show. Thanks for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is very, very exciting. You, you know, first ever winner of the uh, scholarship. And I heard there were quite a few applicants this year. So yeah. congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. How, yeah, there were definitely a lot out, of applicants. How did you find out uh, that you won? Uh, Rachel Jewell called me on my cell. And at first I, uh, I was like, who's this calling me? Because I always screen, you know, I... <laughs> you have and to, then I got yeah. her voicemail and it was in I was like, Oh, I should probably call her back. <laughs> so I called her back immediately. It was on July fifth. Um so it was in the beginning of July and they told me like she was like, You have to keep it on the down low, you can't tell anyone, very secretive. Um and I was currently studying for the CCP, so that just made it so easy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. And the CCP, all, for all of our listeners who, who may not know, is the Certified Cheese Professional Exam, which is a pretty big deal. It's, a, it's an exam that happens at each year's American Cheese Society Conference, and it's pretty stressful from what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, well, so you, wow, you had to keep it under wraps for a while. So your award was announced, well, in public last week at yeah. the American Cheese Society Conference in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I was at the conference. I was not able to um, attend the award um, unveiling. Was there like a specific uh, ceremony or anything that happened? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... It was just during the town meeting, um, Mo Frechette and Brad Brown, uh, Daphne's husband, got up, and Mo kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the the foundation and the scholarship, um, and then Brad came up and introduced me, um, and then they wanted Mo wanted me to come up and talk about my vision, like a super summary about my vision, and then give it a little thanks, and they gave me this, like, really big cheese check. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One and of those, like, cardboard, you know, 
Syracuse, Texas. Oh, like Publishers awesome. Clearinghouse style. Yeah. Exactly, I like that. Exactly. And I, I, I thought I didn't know what they were going to give me. I thought it was I was just going to go up and shake some hands and I like I give Brad a hug. And then I pass him, and I look, and, like, there's this, like, giant piece of cheese with the Daphne's <laughs> Epos, like, screaming at my face. I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> That's really great. So for everyone who doesn't, or who doesn't know, um, the Daphne's Epos Teaching Award is an award that was started in honor of Daphne's Epos. Um, she passed away last year. Um, really uh, too young, uh, died of lung cancer, and uh, was Daphne was just a really passionate advocate of cheese and particularly cheese education. Um, she was an owner of the San Francisco Cheese School. She was an owner of the Essex Street Cheese Company and just kind of, um, you know, all over the place in the cheese world. And so this award was really set up to kind of further her passion for, for learning and her passion for cheese by allowing uh, people to apply for a scholarship that would allow them to travel and learn more about cheese. So um, this is really exciting that it's all come full circle so soon. Um, Yeah, yeah. So so we definitely want to hear about your vision um, for your trip. I I kind of want to wait until the second segment of the show to to get into what your plans are. Um, I was wondering if we could spend a little bit of time talking about your background um, and kind of, yeah, how you came to the world of cheese and, and your studies. It seems like you've done quite extensive, um, you know, quite extensive research in the world yeah. of cheese. Kind of a nerd. Um, <laughs> so, so are we all. <laughs> yeah, it's what I love about this community. It's like a big group of nerds. <laughs> um, I kind of happened on cheese uh, by chance. Um, I went to Bates College in Maine, and... I thought I was going to be a vet, so after college, I started working for this large animal veterinary clinic uh, right outside of Portland, Maine, and I soon realized that, you know, veterinary medicine, especially large animal veterinary medicine, is 24-7, and you don't really get a whole lot of time, free time, and for me in particular, I didn't really get a whole lot of skiing time. <laughs> that was a priority of my life at that time. So so I quit that job, um, and I knew I wanted to be involved in the dairy industry because in college I had done a couple independent studies, one with my semester abroad and then two within, with the state of Maine, um, just through, like looking at overall bovine health and farm management. And I so I wanted to pursue that, and I sent my... Um, resume and cover letter to like some surrounding farms in Portland, Maine. And when I called and followed up uh, with all of them, one, Smiling Hill Farm in Westbrook, Maine, uh, they said, we don't have any positions um, available in the barn, but there's a cheese making position open. And, you know, I was like, okay, sign me up. I have a (laughs) chemistry degree in my undergrad. So, like cows and chemistry, that sounds like a perfect match. Um, and so that was Jennifer Betancourt of Silvery Moon Creamery, the founder of Silver Moon, Silvery Moon Creamery. Um, and that was what kind of started my cheese career. She opened my eyes to cheese. She did. It was super small, artisan. She made like uh, cheddar, mozzarella, cheese curds, brie, camembert. She did this fresh kind of fresh style cheese that she rubbed with juniper berries and rosemary and that one the rosemary's waltz it's uh 
won a couple. It used it won a couple awards at ACS back in the day. Um, but uh, she definitely is the reason why I'm in cheese. And she was she's always the first person I thank when like my thesis, my master's thesis is dedicated to her. She was the first person I thanked when I got up on stage for the DZTA. It's definitely she's. She's here. She's the reason why I'm here. So. Oh, man. That is so cool. That like gives me goosebumps just hearing that. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, that makes her so happy, too. Yeah, and I haven't talked to her in so long. I think she's living in New Hampshire, so I hope she's listening. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> we hope so, too. If yeah. not, we'll have to find a way. We'll, like, email her a podcast of the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that's a pretty um, big jump. So if you pretty much went from you went from the barn to the creamery, and those are two very distinct worlds on a dairy farm. I right. feel you're kind of on one side of that wall or the other. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And the the farm the farmstead cheesemakers that can do both. Oh my god, they have a hundred percent of my respect because that is a lot of work. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and so. So after that experience, um, now you're currently with Beehive Cheese in Utah. How did you How did you wind up out west? So um, I still had the ski, the skiing itch, you know. <laughs> and I was living in Maine, so and I had a friend at the time who was like, "We're moving out to Utah to work up in Alta uh, for a season, which is a local um, ski resort right outside of Salt Lake City." Uh, and I, you know, right out of college, you're like, "Sure, I'll sign up for that." Um, and so I moved, I, it was during a winter, kind of the slower time, like right after Christmas, I moved out to, um, Utah to work up in Alta, uh, at the Alta Lodge, kind of in their dining area and stuff and be a ski bum. And <laughs> then I came back, I did a season where I came back to the farm and worked at Silvery Moon. And then I just had to go back to Utah because <laughs> it was just, the skiing was just so good. <laughs> and I remember when, like, my first season, like, driving around Salt Lake, I was like, ah, oh, I'm never going to live here. It's, it's like, it's just, I'm never going to live here. It's not my scene. And then now I can't really imagine living anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. trying to think if we've had any other Utah-based people on the show. I'm pretty sure you've had Pat. I think, yeah, yeah, Pat from Beehive. I think we did a State of Cheese on Utah, on Utah? back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to pull that out of the archives and have a look. Have a refresher. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's definitely, I feel since that podcast, the cheese making scene has definitely become a little bit more popular. It's slowly growing out here, which is like kind of part of my vision. But <laughs> and so you, yeah, for Beehive, um, you are, are you in sales for Beehive or are you doing, uh, are you doing cheese making? Uh, I am currently, uh, yeah, I'm in sales right now. Um, definitely. And if they have any issues with like, um, product development or they're like, Jess, we've got this crazy thing going on. What do you think we should do? And I'm like, Oh, you should try this. Um, because in between, so I was a ski bum and then I decided when, before I knew that the CCP existed and I was still really involved with cheese, I wanted to get something that gave me more, like, credibility to, like, my passion. And there wasn't really, I mean, now there's the CCP, which I think is, the, 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 the exam, I think it's a really great opportunity for the cheese community, and it's um, very important for us to have. Um, but before I knew that we had it or it was in the making, um, I wanted some credibility, so I was looking into programs in agriculture for graduate school, and luckily Utah State had a food science slash dairy science um, department. So I got my master's 
and my thesis advisor is who who Pat and Tim learned how to make cheese from. So that was that connection. Oh, small oh. world. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're so like super lucky to have you, Pat and likewise. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you pretty much you graduated, and then you just were right right on yes. with Beehive. Yeah. I was like, yes, I have a job in my field after graduate school. (laughs) After graduating with a master's in cheese chemistry, you know, it's just like, who who would have thunk it? (laughs) When I tell my friends that I kind of like went into the program blind, like I didn't have a plan afterwards, they look at me like, really? That's so risky. I'm like, it worked out. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I feel like, you know, there are definitely plenty of jobs to be had, but maybe like more in the industrial sector, you know what I mean? Working for like bigger companies. So it's really lucky that you were able to kind of parlay that into working for a smaller operation because um, quite often it seems like that's what's lacking for a lot of smaller operations is that sort of technical know-how and expertise and people don't get me wrong, they do a great job um, and they make fabulous cheeses and they troubleshoot and they figure it all out. But to be able to have somebody like you on board, that's pretty great. Yeah, no, and yeah, exactly. I definitely agree. It's just, it takes out part of the, it takes out part of the like frustration work, you know, of like, what's going wrong? So, Um, so what are some of the, what's like a question that somebody would come to you with and be like, Jess, what's up with this? And you're like, oh, I got that. Oh, like the common one, they're like, we've got some, we've got some, um, Mold grows on the outside of our cheese. Um, mm-hmm. Just like one of our bags was kind of relaxed, and we got a little mold growth, and we want to, you know, re- just keep it good. I was like, oh, just, you know, apple cider vinegar and water. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, okay. <laughs> we don't have to, like, scrape it off. I'm like, no, just pat it dry with, like, apple cider vinegar and water. And that's actually what I learned from Silvery Moon. Um, but it's also sometimes we get, you know, um, some stuff that's growing on the outside of our rind. I look at it and I see if it's like calcium lactate crystals or something else. Is it something else going on? And luckily we also have a lab where we can just take a sample and send it up to the lab and see like, hey, is this is this weird um, or is this good? Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I like that qu- line of questioning. Is this weird or is this good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very basic. Like, is this not okay or is this okay? <laughs> yeah. So do you guys, what's it, what's your setup like at Beehive? Do you have a little area where you kind of, um, do you have like a mini lab on the farm where you can kind of, um, you know, track things and then, and then, like you said, if you need to send them off to a larger lab? Yeah, we definitely have like, so we have the, the cheese making room and then next to it is the, like the room where we do all like our custom rubs and then packaging and stuff like that. But there's a separate room where we, it's a tiny little lab. We have all of our pH meters, we can do moisture analysis, um, kind of your basic cheese-making uh, tools or lab techniques, salt, moisture, pH, um, but then we also have, like, you know, some things where we can we don't have necessarily Petri dishes, but we can collect in dishes and then send them up to the lab. At, there's another university here, Weber State University, which is really close, and they have a micro lab. Um, and actually, that professor worked really closely with my professor, so it's very it's very nice and convenient. The cooperative extension program in Utah is really great. So that is cool. really great. So you've got like lots of resources yeah. right at your disposal. You've got a good yeah. you've got a good yeah. community built in thanks to your studies. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it was definitely convenient that we just need to. It's the you know the mindset of the cooperative extension is very industry, and they're they're learning that artisan is kind of the way that they should start thinking about things. So we just need to keep that ball rolling. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That is really yeah. encouraging to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, we are actually at about the halfway point of the show, so we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your plans, your travels. So stick with us on Cutting the Curd. Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. All right. We are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. You can check out this and any other show on the network at heritageradionetwork.org. Um, and today we are talking with uh, Jess Perry, who is of Beehive Cheese Company in Utah and who is the winner of the first annual Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award. Um, I wanted to mention the website um, for the, the teaching award is just DaphneZeppostTeachingAward.org. Um, and if anybody's interested in the award, in the scholarship, they should check it out. Also, um, I know that the, f- uh, the foundation is looking to raise a quarter of a million dollars by the end of 2013. So if anyone wants to donate to this more than worthy cause, um, please go on the website and uh, make a donation. Um, they're actually very close to reaching their goal, so um, you know we want to help push them along as much as we can. Um, so, Jess, so I'm wondering, so does your your love of skiing and your love of cheese does that play into your your vision <laughs> for your for your cheese studies and travel? Uh, unfortunately, not. You know. <laughs> oh man, I, I was wish. like, she's going to Switzerland. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, I know. I wish. Uh, I wish it did. I tried. I tried that direction, but that vision just didn't really, it, yeah, <laughs> it didn't really pan out. Understood. Understood. So what, so what is your grand plan for this uh, scholarship? Um, so what I wanted to do, um, over, I'm going to go to Spain and I'm going to go study Basque cheeses um, and cheese making. Uh, my vision kind of, when I thought about it, I wanted to make a connection um, between, like, the place I live and cheese because, you know, the cheese, like, Colorado just pulled some, like, Avalanche and Haystack just pulled a bunch of awards at ACS. You know, Utah cheese making is becoming more popular and we're, the Intermountain West is, like, kind of slowly, you know, becoming, like, more popular in cheese making. So I really wanted to make a connection between the Intermountain West and cheese and, when I started talking to people and thinking about it, I realized or I found out that there's a very large Basque American population in the Intermountain West in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, specifically of Spanish descent. So mm. I kind of was like, well, why don't I study them and uh, go to Spain and see what they do, see what it is about you know where I live in Idaho and Montana that made them want to settle there and raise sheep and become shepherds 
um, and make that connection and maybe apply, like see what, how they make cheese and if we can still apply it to, you know, our modern day cheese making facilities, especially when Idaho is like the third largest cheese producer in the country. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, who would have thunk it? (laughs) I know. And it's just very, there's a lot of big, you know, big cheese producers in Idaho. So bringing our land back to like a more smaller mindset of artisan cheese making, I think is really important. So yeah. yeah, and the Basque um, people who live, or, you know, people who are of Basque descent who live out west now, I mean, they're traditionally, are are they, um, you know, are they herding sheep for, I would imagine it's for meat production, not for milk production, right? Because they're pretty yeah. um, far-flung rural places. No, I definitely, I think you're right about that, yeah. Um, frankly, I think the only Basque cheese-style, like, producers I know of are, is, like, the California... Um, I do not say this name right, uh, Baranaga Ranch. Mm-hmm, okay. They do a couple uh, Basque-style cheeses, and their model is based on, you know, their descendants of Basque. Um, but I'm pretty sure you're right in the sense that the shepherds in, like, Idaho and Wyoming, they, they it's for meat primarily, not cheese. Wow. So. That, that's actually amazing because one of my favorite, um, you know, I feel like, you know, every year at the ACS conference, whatever Daphne presented was my favorite. And one <laughs> yeah. of the one of the ones that she did, I think it was in Seattle, um, was an anthropological look at Basque sheep's milk cheeses. And she brought on an anthropologist who had lived with Basque shepherds back in the early 80s. And um, she had really spent, you know, years with these people. And it was just like this incredible uh, dialogue about, you know, how they lived and even how their language was shaped by, um, by cheese. Like, you know, when they, they're in their local dialect, when they talked about someone getting pregnant, they said that she had curdled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, how fitting that the first recipient of this award would go, you know, would be, would be traveling back to a place that Daphne was so fond of and had sort of, uh, invested some, some, a lot of time in research into herself. Um, so that's great. So have you, um, reached out to cheesemakers? Do you know who you're going to be staying with yet? Or how is that part of the process working? Um, I have no idea. I don't even speak a lick of Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fine. Cause they speak like crazy Basque language. Anyways. I know. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's uh, so not a professional thing to say, <laughs> speak crazy Basque language, but it is fascinating to think, you know, nobody really understands where that language even came from. It's yeah. totally crazy. Yeah. Um, um, it's like eubonics of, you know, Spain. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't know where I'm going, but I've definitely like after the announcement, there's just been so many people that have come up to me and they're like, this is my contact. Please let me know. We know people are like, I'm the primary buyer of Basque cheeses, you know, for my store or for my distributor. So, um, one interesting connection, um, I made was, uh, and I don't say his last name right, but um, Pav uh, Cherney okay. out in California. He's the Mike. He's like the computer guru, but he also has goats. Oh, okay. And he I do not made, know this he, man. <laughs> I, one of his connections is this, this woman who works at a university in like in the Basque region, studying uh, like Idiazabel and Basque cheeses, like in a university st- setting. And I was like, wow. 
it's like screaming Jess right there. Yeah. You know, it's just like I have like the university science background and it would just be really great to go over and talk to her and see what she's doing and brainstorm ideas or something like that. So, but people have been very generous in coming up to me and, and I'm just, thank you. I really appreciate everyone who came up to me. I might have not said it at the conference, but I really appreciate all the help that I can get. That's amazing. I feel like the cheese community is very unique in that way where, you know, people are so open and so wanting to share and so wanting to make those connections, you know, it's really, it's really great. It's really great. Um, well, so I, how long, how long of a trip is this going to be for you? It's not really, the award isn't based on any specific amount of time. It's just a dollar amount. So you can kind of make it as long or short as you want to, right? Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I probably, it's not like I'm going to be able to take a whole lot of time off from my job currently, but I also want to, since I'm, like, tying, you know, my own, where I live here in the States to Spain, I want to do a good amount of research here and then also a good amount of research in Spain. So, like, I'm hoping to go for, like, two or three weeks in Spain, probably not until next spring, um, but also pay really close attention to, like, the you know, the cheesemakers here, or at least, like, go. there's a Basque festival up in Boise in, like, October. Ooh, that sounds I'm going great. To, and they, like, take all the sheep down the, like, main road or something like that. So. Oh, man, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm going to go hang out with her. I so. remember reading, um, there was this book by, um, gosh, I think it was Mark Kurlansky. It was called, like, The Taste of a Younger Land, and it was about all these, it was kind of trying to chronicle American food traditions before, basically before World War II, before the invention of the interstate highway, you know, when there were mm-hmm. kind of these pockets of local cuisine, and I remember there was an entry about um, about a Basque festival and, like, what was traditionally served there. I should I should look it up yeah. and you yes. know, put, make a little note of it on our, on our website. Um, that sounds like a great, great trip. Um, well, let's take a quick detour. Speaking of travels, we're going to make a quick detour to a, a segment that we started um, on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, we started doing what we call a curd word on every episode of Cutting the Curd because, as you probably know, Jess, better than anybody, there are a, a ton of strange cheese vocabulary words, um, and so we're aiming to just pick one a week and try to demystify it. And you can probably help us with the pronunciation yeah, of this one. <laughs> so so I've tried to break this down so it's a little easier to say, but and I think it goes like this. So the term is Rhodotorula musilaginosa, which is courtesy of uh, Vince... Uh, Razinale up at Sellers at Jasper Hill. And basically we found out about this word because we had some um, pink colored mold on the outside of a uh, mm. wheel of Bailey Hazen Blue. So mm-hmm. we had one of our restaurant customers asking about that because, you know, there's this common um, thought that if you see pink, it's not good and you should throw it away. So we, we um, talked to Vince about it and he sent us some really great information um basically saying that it was a a harmless yeast and it's um related to a pink blush that um also develops on another one of their cheeses called winamere which actually was the acs winner this year Mm -hmm. um and he said it's found in soils in the environment uh often shows up in cheese and it's also very prevalent in the wine industry um and Hmm. it's been shown to be important in the production and release of aromatics from grapes and so it's totally non-pathogenic and a hundred percent safe to eat mm-hmm. so there you go who yeah. knew 
Yeah, the friendly yeast. Thank goodness yeah. they're they're all around us all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Is that we one call they... them? Uh, we call them non-starter lactic acid bacteria. The... <laughs> <laughs> non-starter lactic acid bacteria. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's not technically a lactic acid; it's a yeast, but uh, environmental. Yeah. But I would have to see the spelling of it. It sounds familiar, but I was a chemist, not so much a microbiologist. So when mm. I see like all the microbiology, I'm like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> whole but no, yeah. World. Vince is a very smart man, so I trust him. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So, um, all right. Well, back to back to the teaching award. Um, what is your plan to present your findings? Um, is that part of the award? Are you going to be doing a presentation at the ACS about it? Yeah, I have to do a session. Woo! So I like, can't what? wait to come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought about it a lot. I definitely want to get a lot of pictures and a lot of like kind of more interactive like video and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it's going to have to, I'll probably not really know what I'm going to do until after I come back from Spain. Like maybe I'll end up doing like a cheese making demo. I have, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, the world is your oyster. You yeah. can I know. do whatever you want. I'm sure whatever it is, people will be like clamoring for it. Yeah. Like, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be really sad if there's like one person in the audience. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> you can count me and Sophie in. So it'll be yeah. two, at least yes. two. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um. <laughs> um, well, that is really, really exciting. So we can look out for a presentation. Next year's ACS conference is taking place in Sacramento. And it's always right around the first weekend in August. So um, everyone should, you know, mark your calendars. Um, Yeah. And you can can look out for that at cheesesociety.org. That's the American Cheese Society website. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Jess, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations again on the award. It's just... um, it's an amazing thing that they put it together so fast and, you know, it seems like you couldn't have found a more deserving recipient. So, Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, the fact that it was, the turnaround was so fast and I definitely think this, the teaching award is a really important thing to have in our community. I think it's going to be very influential. So go support it. Donate. Uh, donate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Daphne Zeppos teaching Um, well, thank you again, Jess. And, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of cutting the curd. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this program on heritage radio network.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching heritage radio network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>